hey, um, I just want to take a moment as we uh, dive into the message today. And I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm very excited to share this message with you. Um, God put this on my heart clear back when we were still in Alaska. And I started piecing this together and uh, knew it was relevant for our season of life. But I also believe it's, it's relevant for you today. So I encourage you to listen. I encourage you to, to take notes. And uh, I think God's going to challenge you and maybe make you a little bit uncomfortable today. Uh, but before we, we dive into that, I do just want to say for a moment that this season uh, at Neighborhood Church uh, has been a real gift to Carissa and my family, and we have loved every moment, and we just want to take a moment to say thank you for allowing us to be a part of your lives, and honestly, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet moment for us. You know, we're, we're trying to be obedient and step out in faith, but at the same time, it's hard to say bye to people, people that you've loved and that you've walked through life together with. So thank you. And I do want to just give a special thank you to Pastor Kelly and Tricia uh, for bringing us here, uh, to Pastor Kelly for his leadership and his mentorship in our lives. And honestly, he, he's given Carissa and I a lot of freedom and a lot of opportunity uh, over the last three and a half years. And we are so very thankful for that. So we just want to say my appreciation to you, Pastor Kelly, personally. Also to the church board, um, this church has been very generous to our family, um, taking care of us and making sure that we're provided for. And so thank you, church board. And I just want to thank the staff as well. Just let me say my piece and then we'll move on, I promise. Um, but we have a great staff here, uh, uh, Gail and Terry Chamberlain, uh, Carrie and Wes Sheely, Rob and Maggie Shader, just great staff. And it's been an honor to serve with each and every one of them. And so I just wanted to mention them as well today. So for sake of a title... Um, I'll try not to get too emotional on you. I got a little emotional in the last service, so just deal with it. Um, that's what happens in life, you know. But this morning's message is titled, A Leap of Faith. A Leap of Faith. You see, one of the things I want you to know is that Chris and I aren't leaving because we were offered a bigger salary. We're not leaving because we were offered a bigger office or a bigger, brighter opportunity. That, that's not the point behind this. The reason we're leaving is because God has asked us to take a leap of faith. He's asked us to trust him and to go into an area where there is no church and, and love a people and, and plant a campus so that people can hear about Jesus and walk in faith and trust with him. And that's what this is all about, taking that leap of faith. And so my hope and desire for you this morning as you hear this word that maybe God would be stirring your heart and maybe there's a leap of faith that God wants you to take. Leaps can be different. They can be bigger, they can be smaller, but they're still a leap of faith. Let me give you a little context. When I was um, a little boy, I grew up in Albany until I was about seven years old. And uh, you guys familiar with the, uh, the high dive at Albany Pool? You guys familiar with that? Does that ring a bell for anybody? You know, at South Albany High School there? So um, if you've ever been there and you looked at that high dive, it's big, especially for like a little six-year-old, right? It's big. And if you remember that moment when you were young, you're standing in line, you know, you're cold because you're out of the pool and you're standing there and you're waiting, you're shivering a little bit, and you're really excited to go off the high dive, but at the same time, you're terrified because you know that on the other side could be death, right? I mean, that, that water could turn to concrete in an instant, right? And then just splat, right? But anyway, so you're standing in line, you're trying to, you're trying to keep up the nerve, keep up the nerve because everybody else is doing it, right? So you want to go too. So finally your turn comes and you're standing there at the ladder to climb it. And it's one rung and two rung 
and three. And you start making your way up to the top. By the time you get to the top, you know, you have a little vertigo because you're starting to get a little nauseous because you're like, wow, this is like three stories up. I mean, this is so big, right? And then you start walking out onto the diving board and it's squishy, right? It's bending, it's flexing. You're thinking, oh, it's going to break. I'm definitely going to die. You know, you start saying prayers, you start confessing sins, and uh, you get out to the edge there and you have a decision to make. Will you take the leap? And you know what's so scary about leaping is you can't just put a toe out, right? You can't. If you're going to leap, you have to leap. You have to jump. And when you jump, here's the thing. You don't know if there's anybody there to catch you. And so with that spirit, with that thought in mind this morning, I want to talk to you about a leap of faith. If you brought your Bible this morning, uh, turn it to Mark chapter 2 or your smart device. Or you can just pull one out from the seat in front of you, pretend like you brought a Bible. That's cool, too. I'm just totally playing. If you don't have a Bible, you can keep that Bible. That's a gift for you. But let's read um, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. But before we do, let me give you a little bit of background here on, this, on what's going on. So first of all, if you've never read the, the gospel of Mark, it's probably one of the more exciting gospels because everything happens immediately. Immediately this happens, and immediately that happens. And so it's kind of like reading about the life of Jesus and fast forward, you know? It's kind of like an old school, you know, v- VHS, you know, you could just fast forward button, right? You remember that? Um, so anyway, so it's, it's totally fast forward. Everything's happening. It's exciting. So chapter one, the opening scene, Jesus goes and he sees John the Baptist. He's baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus. He's empowered from on high and he starts rolling around like he's the man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the Spirit of God leads him out into the wilderness and he's tempted by Satan. And then he comes out of the wilderness and he's ready to throw down. He shows up in a synagogue one Sunday morning. It was probably Saturday, but I'm saying Sunday morning. And he's all pumped up, and there's an evil spirit in a man. He casts that evil spirit out, and it leaves that man. And then Jesus does some really cool things. Like he goes and he puts his hand on a leper. Now, that might not seem significant to you and to me, but here's the thing. In that time, in that culture, you did not touch a leper. You didn't go near a leper. Why? Because they were unclean. And if you were to touch them, you yourself would be unclean. But Jesus, the Son of God, he came with power and anointing. He came to accomplish something. He put his hand on that leper because he wanted to know he was loved and valued by God. And then he healed him and he set him free from his sickness and disease. And if that wasn't cool enough, one day he shows up at Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house and he says, woman, get in the kitchen and cook me something. I'm hungry. And, but the problem was she was sick. She had a fever. And so he's like, boom, okay, your fever's gone. Now go cook me something. I'm hungry. And so he's doing all these amazing things. And ladies, I'm not here to offend you. You can work, do whatever you want, okay? I'm just, this is just my version of Mark chapter 1 and 2. So anyway, so... He had been in the area. Word had gotten out. People were pumped. People were excited. And now comes Mark chapter 2. Jesus is now entering the scene back into Capernaum for the second time. People are pumped. Tickets have sold out. You know, the, the place is packed. It's full. Everybody wants to hear what Jesus has to say. Everybody wants to be around him because he might do something Miraculous. Let's read the story together. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home, and they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. 
Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. Verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, Take your mat and go home. And he got up and he took his mat and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Isn't that an incredible story? I mean, think about it. There's a main character. There's, there's miraculous things happening. There's conflict, right? The religious leaders, they're all sideways and upset about Jesus and what he's doing. I mean, this is like, this is like Hollywood material stuff right here. Blockbuster type story, right? It's exciting. But the first thing I noticed, and I've read this passage, I'm telling you, many, many times. And if you've not read it before, there's, there's, a, there's a spot there about verse 2 or 3 there. Where it says, Jesus preached the word to them. Jesus preached the word to them. You know, when you, read this, when you read the Bible, ask why a lot. Say, God, why? Why did you write that there? Why was that there? Why is that important for my life today? Jesus preached the word to them. Let me ask you the first question. Why, why is that significant? Well, who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of the living God. Yeah, he was fully man. He was born uh, of a virgin that was conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? So he was fully man, but yet fully God. The Spirit of God was upon him. He had power and authority. I mean, this is Jesus. He's the man. And yet Jesus felt it was significant to preach the word. Why is that significant for you and I today? I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus wants to cultivate an atmosphere of faith in your life. Jesus wants to cultivate an atmosphere of faith in your life. Why? Because it's in an atmosphere of faith where he can, he can bring heaven down to earth. You see, it's in moments like that when, when earth and heaven collide and God can do things that are, that are impossible because there's faith that is present. You see, when, when the word of God is preached, when it is taught, faith in our hearts and lives is stirred. This is why churches all around the world are committed to weekly proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they know that when faith is stirred, people are, people are going to put their faith and their trust in Jesus. They know that when people's faith is stirred, that the people that are sick and are dealing with disease will be healed and restored. They know that when faith is stirred, that miraculous things will happen because heaven and earth collide. Now, I know this because in Romans, Romans 10, 17, it says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So just hearing about Jesus, hearing about the good things that he has done, reading the Bible, it begins to stir faith 
in your life. Now, it's not just as important. I mean, it's very important for the Word of God to be preached in the church, but it's just as important for you and I as parents and as grandparents to make sure that we're communicating the principles and the truth of God's Word in our families. Why? Because you know what? That will cultivate faith in our kids. That will cultivate faith in the next generation. You and I need to be responsible to being students of the Word of God so that we can teach the principles and truth of the Word of God in our our very homes and in our very lives. And here's the thing, you and I, we cannot teach what we do not know. So we have a responsibility as grandparents, aunts, uncles, extended family. We have a responsibility to be students of the word and to teach it on a consistent, regular basis. Now, this is what's so exciting. That's one of the things I love about Pastor Kelly. Pastor Kelly, as a pastor and as a teacher, he is faithful to communicating the word of God. He's somebody that you can follow after as he follows after Christ. Did you hear me this morning? He's somebody that you can follow after as he follows after Christ. Stay committed to a neighborhood church. Stay committed to a church that's willing to continually preach and teach the principles and the truth of God's word. So not only does it stir faith, but it also restores faith. How many of you guys know that when you don't use your muscles, they atrophy? That's why they don't let you stay in the hospital very long anymore because they know the longer you stay in the hospital, your muscles will atrophy and you'll get weak. And in your weakness, bad things happen. And faith is the exact same way. There are probably Sundays that you can remember coming to church and getting all fired up. You're ready to conquer the world. You're ready to climb Mount Everest. You're ready to do whatever could possibly happen. But then you don't do it. And then by not doing it, what happens? Atrophy. That faith subsides, and pretty soon, just like your muscles, they become weak and useless. And see, here's the cool part. When the Word of God is taught, when, it, when you dive into the Word of God, it not only stirs your faith, but it restores your faith. Maybe you're here today, and God needs to restore your faith, because you know what? You cannot leap in faith until your faith is either stirred or restored in your life. And God wants to do that for you and me today. So not only does he want to stir and restore faith, but he also wants to build faith in your life and mine. Now, how many of you have ever had a gym membership before? Any gym memberships out there? A couple of you? You're committed, right? So how, how, do you, how many of you know that having a gym membership doesn't give you big muscles? You're not like, I have a gym membership. It just costs you money, right? So you can't get endurance or big muscles by having a gym membership. How you get big muscles or endurance is by what? Being disciplined and committed to going there on a weekly, daily basis if necessary and, and physically abusing your body so that your muscles could get built up and you can grow in your endurance. You see, if you and I want to build our faith, we can't just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers. We have to be active in our faith. This is why Brother James in James chapter 2, verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? And in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it is dead. You know, I, I discovered this uh, in another way, um, in, in planning for church planting, right, planning for church planting, um, I took a step of faith, another step of faith, and I, I, 
I got my residential uh, contractor's license, and I started a business called Rock Solid Repair. Now, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make an advertisement for Rock Solid Repair, even though it's a pretty good repair company, I'm just saying. But um, one of the things I've discovered, though, in doing that is I'm older than I used to be. I've also discovered that, that I'm not as physically fit as I used to be. And, and I've realized in this process that there are some things that are really hard to do, and there are other things that are impossible to do. Why? Because my muscles and my body has atrophied, right? Because I haven't used those things. And see, here's the thing. God has a leap for you. God has a step for you. God wants you to do something for Him, but you can only do it if you're regularly building up your faith. God wants to build your faith because guess what? He wants to use your life to do great things. He wants you to leap. And guess what? When your faith is built up, you can leap in knowing that even though you're diving off the end of that board, and even though it seems like the very end, you know and trust in God's perfect plan for your life and future. And we can trust that. So it stirs faith, it restores faith, but it also builds up faith. Now let's get back to, let's get back to our story for a moment here. So Jesus... He's back into Capernaum now for the second time. He's at the house. It's plumb full. It's packed full. You can't even open the door. There's so many people. There's only standing room in the house. And then the, and this, our story starts telling us about these four men. These four men had obviously heard about Jesus. They had obviously maybe been a part of his, of his ministry just a few days or weeks ago. They had seen the miraculous things that God was doing through Jesus' life. And guess what happened? Their faith got stirred. And they said, you know what? We got to do something. We got to do something for Jesus. We got to do something. So the second thing I want us to see in our story is this. I want you to see that joining people in their journey requires us to leap. Joining people in their journey requires us to leap. You see, these four men, their faith was so stirred that they were willing to go out into the streets and they were willing to seek out somebody who was broken and bleeding and say, hey, we want to partner with you on your journey. We want to help you get to Jesus because we know that if we can get you to Jesus, God's going to do something in your life. Isn't that amazing? They were willing to partner with this man, this man they didn't even know. And I'm going to take some liberties here because the Bible doesn't tell us all about these four men. We know nothing about them. It just says four men came carrying a man who was a paralytic. He, was, he couldn't walk. They came carrying him. So this is my version of that story. So just bear with me for a moment. So these, these four men, I, I envision one of them, his name is John. And, and John's like, hey, guys, he goes, I think we need to do something about that guy. Remember that guy that's always by the side of the road? He's always begging, and he's been there for years, and he's kind of an eyesore, and nobody wants to help him. I think, yeah, I think we should go to him. I think we should talk to him. I think we should help him. And the other guys are like, I'm not really sure. That, that sounds really difficult. I'm, I'm not sure I can do that. But they were willing to join him in his journey. They were willing to take a leap of faith because why? They wanted to get him to Jesus. You see, when was the last time the church, the body of Christ, was willing to partner in with the community, partner in with people that are broken and bleeding in efforts to what? Get them to Jesus. Because that's what it's all about. It's not about our personal preferences or about our styles or the way that we want things done. What it's all about is getting people to Jesus. Because we know that if we get them to Jesus, he's going to do something that only he can do. And he's gonna, it's going to be miraculous. Because that's just simply who he is. Now, when it comes to getting people to Jesus, you and I have to understand something. There are barriers 
There are barriers that get in the way. So, so these men, they're walking along, and obviously they, they connected with this guy. And I don't know his name. It just says he was a paralytic. Maybe his name was Joe. I don't know. But they're like, hey, Joe, do you want to go see Jesus? Joe's like, I don't know. Why do I want to go see Jesus? They're like, well, because I think if you go see Jesus, I think he can do something about your situation. He's cast out demons. He's made people with leprosy be cured and healed. The sick have been healed. I mean, he's done all these amazing things. Joe, can we take you to Jesus? And Joe says, okay, but you're going to have to carry me. And so these four guys, they pick up Joe and they start walking. And I can only imagine as they're walking and they're carrying him, the conversation like, oh man, what's going to happen, John, when we get there? What's going to happen? They're, they're all making statements about what they think is going to happen. Excitement is building. This, is the, this, is, this seems like the climax of the story. And all of a sudden they get to the house where Jesus is. And guess what? It's full. It's completely full. They can't get inside the building. And I wonder at this point how many of us if the building was full, would we turn around and say, well, better luck next time? But not these four. These four were willing to go all the way. They were willing to break barriers. They were willing to break social barriers, cultural barriers, relationship barriers, spiritual barriers that existed. You know, I like to see that when they went up to that rooftop and they started peeling back layer by layer, it was like each one of those barriers, barriers are right there, just peeling back. Why? Because nothing was going to get in the way of them getting this man to Jesus. What's getting in your way today? What barriers are in front of you that you haven't been willing to cross? It takes a leap of faith if you're going to join people in their journey. But it's worth it. Because the moment... Can you imagine for a moment with me, if somebody was digging a hole in your roof, what would your, what would your response be? You'd be upset. You'd be like, what are you doing? That's my roof. My granddaddy built that roof. What's, what's, what's your problem? And then you'd shoot him, right? <laughs> you know, we discovered in our move, we moved to Salem yesterday, and um, we pulled this rifle out of the closet, and my son Caleb was like, Dad, that's a big gun. Was, he's like, whose gun is that? I said, oh, it's Chris. It's, it's your mom's. It's your mom's. So he's like, Isaac, Isaac, mom's got a big gun. And they totally think it's hers. It's pretty great. I'm just saying, if somebody's digging a hole in my roof, I'd shoot him. Just saying. But these men were willing to break every single barrier. Why? Because they wanted to get him to Jesus. And then Jesus says these amazing words, son. Well, first off, he was amazed by their faith, amazed by their faith. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven. So another thing I see in this story this morning that, that, I, that I want to speak to you today is this, is that when you leap in faith, there will always be people there to criticize you. When you leap in faith, there will always be people there to criticize you. Now, all of us, you know, when we, when we take a big step of faith, you want like everybody around you, your parents, your family, your friends, your coworkers, everybody around you, you want them to stand up and applaud. Like, good job. I mean, come on. You were awesome. 
stepping out in faith you, you know? And we want that, right? That's what we want. But here's the thing. When you step out in faith, that's not what it's like at all. There are critics around you. And here's the thing. Notice in this story, the critics, they're the religious leaders. They're the ones that are supposed to be the church. And yet they're the ones standing up being like, Jesus, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You can't forgive sins. What are you talking about? Because by you saying that you're forgiving sins, you're making yourself equal with God. And we're not going to have it. And guess what? Jesus was willing because he was willing to step out in faith. You got to understand something. Jesus didn't come to fulfill his will, but he came to fulfill the will of the Father. And so he was willing to what? He was willing to step out, take a leap of faith and make a statement to say, son, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because he wanted him to know that he had power and authority to do just that. But he also knew the moment he said that they painted a target on his back that would ultimately lead to the road that would lead him to the cross and ultimately to his death. But Jesus was willing to take that leap of faith. But we got to understand, when you and I take that leap of faith, there will always be critics there to criticize you, to judge you for the decisions that you have made. And I'm telling you this this morning because I believe God wants you to leap, but I don't want you to be naive. I want you to be prepared. If you're going to leap, you need to know there are going to be people out there, some, some of the closest people to you, that are going to give you the hardest time about your decisions. But you got to remember something. You're not doing it to please them. You're doing it to please him, right? Because that's what faith is all about. In fact, in Hebrews 11:6, it says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith... Faith is an essential ingredient. So this is the part of the story I love so much. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. He has it out with the religious leaders in the room. And then he says, well, would you like this better? How about this? Son, why don't you pick up your mat and walk home? Isn't that awesome? And so what's he do? This paralytic, probably all his life, stands up for the first time, picks up his mat, and walks home. The scripture there says that people, they said they were so amazed. They'd never seen anything like that. See, I wonder, is God waiting on you and me to be willing to take a leap of faith so that others could get to Jesus? Is God desiring that you and I would trust him so much? And by trusting him, I mean we're willing to really walk in faith. And, And by walking in faith, I'm saying that we're willing to not just hear the word, but we're willing to be obedient to do it and apply it into our lives so that our faith could be built up, that we could become strong as, as believers and so that when Jesus said jump, we would say how high and how far because we know who we're jumping for. So maybe you're here today and God's saying this. He's saying, so what is the leap of faith that you need to take today? That leap of faith could be maybe for the first time putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. That's a leap of faith. It takes faith to believe that a God that we cannot see sent his only son 2,000 years ago to die on a cross so that his blood could cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That takes faith. Or maybe you're here today and God's saying, you know what, I I got a career change for you. You got to quit trusting in that paycheck because I got something better for you over here if you just be willing to take that leap and follow me. 
Or maybe you're here today and, and that leap is, is being willing to go to that loved one and make amends so that your family could, could be whole instead of broken. I don't know what it is. Only God does. Only you do. But whatever it is, I want to encourage you to be willing, as hopefully faith has been stirred in your heart today, as you've heard this story, not about me, but a story about these men who heard about Jesus and the possibilities of heaven and earth colliding and him doing miraculous things. Hopefully that stirred faith in your heart and life or restored faith in your heart and life and has prepared you and gotten you ready now to say, hey, I'm taking that leap. I'm going to the end of the diving board and I'm taking off because I'm putting my faith and my trust in Jesus. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me this morning? You know, as Carissa and I have agreed to step out to do this church plant, it hasn't been easy. And I'd be a liar if I said it's all been happy and joy, joy. It's been parts of me that are terrified. But I have watched as the hand of God has continued to open doors and provide every step of the way simply because we were willing to say yes and leap. And so I want to ask you today, because I, I, I know that God's asking you to do something. And only you know what it is. But if you're here today and you say, man, I, that's what I need. I need to step out in faith. I need to be obedient. I need to leap. I know what that is in my heart. Would you pray for me today? I'm just going to invite you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to invite you to raise a hand for a moment because I'd like to pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. And I'm just going to pray that, that God today is going to equip you and prepare you and strengthen you and get you ready for what this next season looks like. But here's the thing. You're at the ledge and only you can jump. Only you can leap. Let's pray together this morning. Father, I just thank you today for your presence. God, I thank you today for your wisdom, your guidance and direction. And Lord, I know that it's your desire to work in and through your people. And I just pray today, God, for, for your church and for those that raise their hands to say, God, I know there's been this thing that you've wanted me to do and I've been terrified, I've been scared, and I've allowed these barriers to get in my way. But God, today I'm committing and I'm saying no more. God, I'm saying I'm willing to leap and to trust you for your provision, to trust you for your favor, to trust you for your kindness and, and your goodness, to trust you to know that your perspective, perspective is bigger than mine. And so Lord, I pray for encouragement. God, I pray for strength today. God, I pray their faith would be so stirred up and that you would prepare their heart. God, give them that nudge that they need to leap. And I thank you, God, as they leap into your arms, they will not fail. We praise you for that this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.